Welcome to the Venley Expert Talks, where we aim to inspire Web3 builders with great stories from great minds. I'm your host, Alexandra Ahrens, and I'd like to remind you that you can always reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, or LinkedIn with ideas for the podcast and questions for our guests. Welcome to episode 21 of the Venley Expert Talks. Today I'm joined by Dirk Lute, co-founder and co-CEO at Upland. And we are going to discuss what it means to navigate the metaverse and its limitless business possibilities. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Alex. Yeah, thank you for having me here, right? I'm super excited to be on the podcast. Great. Thanks. Um, Great. So I want to just start out with talking about you, your background in life and crypto and yeah. Okay, so where do I start? Yeah, so I mean, maybe I start with uh, something which uh, has actually really, you know, influenced my life is, you know, when I was studying, um, you know, I was always quite, you know, entrepreneurial, you know, I started with 16 at high school, I started, you know, the first newspaper in a certain sense, right? So I was always, there was one piece of my life. And the other piece of my life was, while I was studying, you know, I got really fa- uh, fascinated, you know, about everything that relates to currency. So it actually, uh, had its climax, let's say, like this when I actually also uh, did a PhD about private and state-controlled currencies. And that was, you know, a long, long time ago. And when I fi- fi- finished that, I always said, okay, I'm never going to use that again because, uh, you know, it's just academic work, right? We're going to have one currency. I mean, there was a little new thing at that time, right? The euro came along in Europe, right? Because we had, you know, separate currencies before there. And, uh, well, long story short is, uh, you know, and then, you know, one day I saw Bitcoin, we'll come to that probably a little bit later. And uh, we had super got excited um, because I said, oh, now I can use my academic work again. And it was, it was really good. So, but back to my, back to my life, you know, after, after, after school and, and the PhD, I actually uh, started a company, the Financial Times of Germany, a newspaper. And I, um, a little bit later, I started another company in the, in the fintech space. And then in um, 2009, I decided, okay, I want to <clears throat> really go where lots of innovation is done. And I moved uh, from Germany uh, with my family to Silicon Valley. And uh, yeah, and then that's when I actually basically discovered uh, um, Bitcoin early in 10, 2010 already. So, and then, but that's when I first heard about it, but I really started getting my head around everything and uh, also worked on a, on a, on a, on a platform, right, uh, which also solved double spending and so on, you know, starting in 2011. But on during that time also, because as I said, you know, the other bug I always had was the entrepreneurial bug, you know, starting companies, but also helping companies. So I became mentor for over 30 startups here in the U.S., especially coming from Europe to help them to enter the U.S. market or um Rest capital and whatever they needed, right? So and and you know some of them you know succeeded. Uh, you know was one became a unicorn and then you know and <laughs> others you know they did not succeed, but that's just startup life. Yeah, great, very very involved, and you've done definitely a lot of things. Very cool. So yeah, then I guess let's go straight into Upland. What your current project is? Can you tell us about the vision behind that? How that got started? Yeah, so as I said, I got, I got you know really early involved with decentralized ledger technologies. There was only Bitcoin around back in 2010, 2011, right? So no one was really, and that's why at that time we all said, okay, it's great as a as a currency, right? Then I was still because back to my academic work, I said, oh, it's really going to be the currency everyone's going to use. Oh, the governance are going to allow that. So all that stuff, right? Which going through my head, I said, okay, but the technology itself is so great, right? That's uh, you know when. Um, 
when you couldn't, you know, this uh, decentralized, you know, what do we call today transfer of ownership, right? Uh, you know, uh, you know, in 2011, 2012, I said, okay, when you can do that? And actually, it, you know, Ethereum came around and actually they were quite fast at that time, right? They, they came up with the first program, you know, blockchain where you can put, uh, you know, apps on top of it. And, um, you know, so, but I always thought, okay, it's much, everything's so much on the protocol level, right? It's not really for the end users. And um, then, then back in 2018, uh, Idan uh, Zuckerman and Mani Honigstein were two friends of mine. They're um, also living here in Silicon Valley. You know, we sat together playing uh, Monopoly with a game night, right, with friends. <laughs> and and I told them, oh, yeah, you know, blockchain, you know, big thing and so on. They actually uh, were in the gaming space. Yeah, and we looked at the game, at, you know, the game board and say, hey, why don't we, you know, why don't we take the idea of Monopoly, right? You know, bring that on the blockchain, and and there was actually the other part of the story, and use the real world to it. And why we said we why using the real world is because we were influenced at that time. Also, there was a Netflix series called uh, Stranger Things, mm -hmm. and that was actually a parallel world. It was a little bit of monsters and so on, but you know, it was actually fascinating. Saying, oh, maybe there's a parallel world. <laughs> that's how we came up with it. You know, <laughs> the, the, that's how the idea was born, and that's how um, Upland was started. Right. So to uh, you know, monopoly inspiration inspiration. Real world and then blockchain and um, and then we incorporated it quite early and we also had you know we actually called our URL upland.me right for metaverse back in 2018 already when no one was talking about it right so that was kind of funny all because we said okay metaverse because it's a parallel world is a metaverse we always said that and knowing snow crash and ready player one and so on mm -hmm. and at the beginning we always avoided that because we said oh, no one knows what metaverse is right i just said okay instead of doing dot com which was taken anyway so i said why don't we use just then because it fits perfectly mm -hmm. and uh, but we did not use that in our marketing at the beginning right but that turned you know quickly it's the same with nfts right we were avoiding the word nfts and that's a little bit the mission where, which we are on with upland because i said okay blockchain is super complicated right so the average users they want to don't want to deal with private keys passphrases they actually want to call someone when they lose their password right it, they, you know it's just uh, and uh, by the way it happened to me i also lost some stuff and you know it was just gone forever right maybe i find it one day again <laughs> but uh <laughs> But that's 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 really the problem, right? And it's okay. When we set out and do Upland, we really want to make it, you know, suitable for mass market. And that's tricky, right? With, with the given technology stack which you have. But when you look into Upland today, is um, is you can you it's super easy to sign in. You know, you only need the email and the password. You know, and uh, we accept actually fiat currency to purchase our in-app currency, which is called Apex, uh, like um. With a credit card and PayPal, you can also use crypto to purchase it. But or also, and that's the other part where we, you know, ready for the mass market. We also said mobile first, so we are available on iOS and Android, right? So that's also where you can use those payment mechanisms of the app stores. But as well as you know, it makes it much more accessible for, let's say, the average user. Okay, yeah. So great. In that case, I do want to really quickly ask: How have you found adoption and um, your growth? situation because of those yeah so um the advantages also 
you know when when you when you when you come from the traditional gaming space right and uh, you know when you when you think now web 3 how do you acquire users right uh, we actually always did a mix of it right web 3 you acquire usually let's say the crypto aficionados i tend to call them right uh, you know people who are really you know into it and they want to try out things and and so on so those people we found through you know certain channels uh, which were successful for us you know can give an example was we're famous for the our brave ads for instance brave is a privacy browser and mm-hmm. um and it's like like works a little bit like chrome and uh, people saw our ads there and you know then they came in and and then we had a lot of word of mouth of course we did pr so that's how, how users came in but and uh we were also doing able to do facebook ads for instance or google ads yeah because the way we built the app and also the way we built the app allowed us to be on the app stores and this is actually where we can proudly say today. So we did just a survey, uh, you know, a few days back, and you know, with a you know big user group and uh, of our existing users, and we asked them, "Do you own NFTs outside of Upland?" And actually, sixty-five percent said they don't, right? Okay. Which is actually you know show some kind of success for us right because we yeah. were able to onboard users who are you know let's say those normies those average players yeah that's quite an accomplishment for sure you always knew that this was going to be built on blockchain that was a huge part of it how did you go about choosing your blockchain was that of high importance to you or yeah, so when you think about when we started out in 2018, there were not lots of blockchains weren't around which are here today, right? Like Avalanche, uh, you know, yeah. Solana and so on, right? At that time, we always said, you know, we looked very deeply into Ethereum, right? But we had concerns, first of all, because we also, a big piece of our value proposition, you know, we say always rebuild the world and, uh, and, that's our mantra, right? And part of that is, you know, the whole idea about sustainability, right? I was always skeptical about the energy consumption of Ethereum and Bitcoin. That's what, I mean, I'm a Bitcoin and blockchain and Ethereum fan, but however, right, that's actually a downside, right? It's so much mm-hmm. using so much energy. So what was one of the reasons, okay, is there other ways of doing this? Is technically speaking, there's a delegated proof of stake or proof of stake, which consume way less energy. And we looked around which, which blockchains are available and what we wanted to do is also what we also said what's not working is when users have to pay for every transaction a gas fee right that's just not working because we want to have a freemium model and in in upland and people can try it out and they don't have to pay they can do stuff and so on right just i mean no they don't have to pay blockchain fees you know and 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 so on so so ethereum was unfortunately you know not a go for us and you know polygon was not available at the time and, and you know all that stuff so we decided then to go on eos right uh, because we all always also to do everything we do with you know the email sign up and so on that was all technical possible only with eos during that time and that's why we uh, you know decided to to go uh, with eos which is actually for us works very well as a, as a blockchain, right? So for instance, when we open up new cities, we have a very high demand of users coming in, you know, and oh, we have 300 transactions per second, you know, sometimes, which is huge, right? Very, yeah. Yeah. So leading me into my next question, then obviously this past year, 2021, was really big statistically for blockchain gaming, um, how did that affect Upland and were there any key updates that had to be made in response? Um, in updates in terms of the, sorry. Go. Yeah. So 
let's take it one at a time. Mm. So, yeah. so how did, did you see significant growth in 2021? Oh yeah, sorry, I, I, I caught it the wrong direction. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, yeah, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, okay. we saw ex- extremely, uh, extremely growth, right? So I mean, we went up to uh, you know, in, in December, I think, to one hundred fifty thousand daily active users, mm-hmm. right? Which is obviously one of the largest in all blockchain apps out there. And uh, yeah, so that was, I mean, quite significant growth, right? And this growth came actually interestingly also from the overall hype of NFTs of metaverse you know it's just of course we you know we did also advertising continue doing this but uh but i think also because of everything that happened in the space in general yeah 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 good so then that goes into the second part of the question then so were there any updates to the structure or or yeah how how things work in upland because of the growth uh, well, we have to cope with, with, with the increasing demand, right? Especially when mm-hmm. we open up cities, right? And I don't, I don't want to hide at the beginning. So it was all blockchain uh, applications have, right? We had uh, some issues, right? At the beginning when, you know, the demand was increasing way faster than we expected ourselves. So we had to correct that. But right now we just launched Queens, you know, this week uh, in New City. Because currently we're live, I think, you know, 19 cities in the U.S., and um, that went super smooth, right? Uh, but yeah, because the problem is when you're in blockchain, right? Um, it's not like like traditional IT, right? In traditional IT, you can go and we have a problem, you Google it, and then 10 other people <laughs> have the problem and you solve it, right? Now yeah, you Google it and there's a void. <laughs> there's yeah. nothing there, right? So you have to figure it out yourself. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Good. Um, then I want to talk about... Um, UPX or UPEX, how you called it before the internal token that you have. Um, why did you choose to keep it as an internal token? Do you see that changing in the future? So, um, so first of all, we are a US-based company and we have very strict regulations over here, right? I mean, some stuff is not well-defined, but we always wanted to be on the safe side, right? Also, uh, one of the reasons that when we go to the app stores, right, and for, um, you know, Facebook ads and, and so on, uh, you know, it's tricky when you have an external token. Uh, so, um, so that's the reason um, the way... You know, the way it works in Upland is we have APEX, which is a fixed rate. So $1 gives you 1,000 APEX, and mm-hmm. you can purchase that with fiat, also with crypto, right? And then use that APEX to buy, purchase NFTs in Upland. And um, and we have, you know, we can sell virtual, we can buy virtual property with it. You can sell with a partnership with the NFL Player Association. So you can buy NFTs of football players. We have, you know, we had something going on with uh, Spirit Halloween. And there's a lot of other partnerships that are coming on, interesting NFTs coming on. So with, overall, we sold 2.5 million NFTs so far. And um, the way users then extract monetary value out of, upland right besides the entertainment value they're getting is Mm -hmm. that they can sell nfts also for us dollars and that's part of our value proposition our value proposition is we want to create the entrepreneurial metaverse that means people can go there and create and operate shops right so now i just mentioned the nflpa maybe you purchase some of those those nfts and now you run in your fan shop and you can users can go there and buy you know nfts from from the nfl players 
and you can sell those for US dollars. You have to do KYC for that. That's regulations in the US, but that's uh, that's how we currently handle it. To your questions, are we going to do something uh, external? Yeah, of course, we're always looking into it, right? What can we do here? Because we know it's super important for, for community building and so on. Uh, believe me, I'm talking to lots of lawyers and uh, let's see <laughs> how that goes. I cannot do any official announcement at this point. <laughs> sure, <laughs> of course. Good. Um, you just mentioned uh, some of your partnerships there uh, with Spirit and NFL and things. How do you go about choosing or finding those kind of partnerships? Yeah, for us, it's super important that... Uh, we want to uh, you provide utility to our users, right? It's not just you know I purchase something and there's a drop, right? And then you know then why should you know why should users care, right? They should be able to do something. That's what the metaverse is about. It you do something with it, you own something, and you do something with it, right? And the, and then in Upland we always say uh, we want to have you know we, every NFT, you know it should uh, somehow have uh, you know it should be somehow be gamified. Mm -hmm. should have a context and it should be geolocated because we're based on the real world. So to give you one example, let's stick with the NFL uh, Play Association here right now. What you can do is uh, you can go and um, purchase actually, uh, you know, like what we call essentials or we call, so let's say the main, you know, the, the umbrella brand is legits. These are NFTs, like a virtual jersey or like a football or something yeah, from mm -hmm. of, a, of a season. You know, you can buy that, right? And when you buy that, you start, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, uh, that counts towards your fan score, right? Mm -hmm. And so that is, uh, and that is somehow gamified. You can trade that and, and so on. And now you can go on the day of the game. That's the context, right? The game. You go mm -hmm. into the virtual stadium, and the higher your fan score is, the more you stand in front of the line, right? So that's then, yeah. you know, the, the stadiums and the geolocation, of course. Mm -hmm. And and now, because now you stand in front of the line, and then now you can pick, you know, and you don't know yet what is going to be, you know, a great NFT, right? But let's say you pick the jersey of, uh, let's say everyone knows him because he's back now, Tom Brady, right, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you put, pick that, right? And then, right, uh, before the game, actually, yeah, and then Tom Brady scores a super touchdown or whatever, right? Or throws a good good pass, right? In his case, right? And then um, you know, then his jersey becomes much more worth because you know it's commemorated to to that day and and so on. People love that, right? You don't know it at the beginning, right? But then sure. you actually, when you were in front of line, you purchase it before, and then the NFT is delivered, you know, a few days after, right? It was pretty cool, actually, right? So then people get super excited about it. They put that maybe in their store, or maybe they just brag it that they have it, and 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 so on. And this collecting collector's item, but that's the way we see and how we are putting NFTs in into into our metaverse. And and with that, we always look into you know we're, we're currently saying we're focusing on certain you know sectors. However, we're always open to others. But right now, we're looking at sports and entertainment brands. We're looking for uh, retail and e-commerce because obviously you know since you're based on the real world, there's a lot of stuff you can uh, mix also with the real world in the future, right? And uh, and last but not least is everything mobility. So we just announced that we're going to introduce cars, right? And we will soon announce you know uh, car brands we're working with also. Okay, well, good. Thanks for spilling a little bit there. <laughs> good. Um, so moving into more of the the general topic here. Um, with business opportunities, um, what industries do you think have the biggest impact right away or right now? 
So I think the biggest impact right now have the the uh, sports entertainment because when you think about it, Web three is all about community, and community is very close to fandom. Yeah, uh, you know when you uh, so that that is uh, that's a natural thing, right? When you when you say, hey, you already have a fans now, now you engage them now you give them some more stuff for you know what what they adore what they want to have right when you're a famous musician or so right it's now that you can give them an nft of your microphone you've used you know at a famous concert i don't know something like that so that's what fans love right and yeah. um, i think that's a very natural combination and you know we see that also with the nfl Others. That's also what you see right now is, is you know, all the celebrities, all clubs, and, you know, they're all moving in, into the metaverse. Mm -hmm. um, and um, it's a little bit harder when you, when you let's say, I mean, right now, as I mentioned, when it's, it has to be close to the utility function. When I earlier mentioned, right, mobility cars makes sense, right? In Upland, we mimic actually the real world. You cannot go just from San Francisco to New York by beaming yourself. You have to actually have to take a plane from San Francisco airport to JFK, mm -hmm. right? It takes you 20 minutes. Now, or you have to take a Hyperloop. We have a partnership Hyperloop between Cleveland and Chicago, right? So, and uh, with cars, right? So let's say you want to go, um, uh, you know, one day to, to uh, we open up, it's not open yet, but something like Tower, which is near here, San Francisco. Maybe you have to have a car for that. That's the only way to get there. Or you need to, uh, we, we want to fire up a car racing in the streets of San Francisco. That's also what we're planning. You know, community can drive that, right? So that's where you need a car. So that's a utility function. But when, when you're CPG, it gets harder, right, to, uh, you know, let's say, or when you a beverage company, right, what do you do actually there, right? So, but you have to become creative, right? Let's say uh, maybe you drink a certain drink, right? I mean, you know, I wanna, don't want to advertise any special here, but let's say it's a sports <laughs> drink, right? You drink it and then maybe you get some kind of superpower for a limited of time, right? So you have to become, you know, you have to see how you combine those things uh, together, right? So some stuff, but then, as you can see, it's much more natural with the fans from the celebrities than the superpowers where you have to come up with something, you know, which is not maybe very natural, but they also have to be very careful as a brand, not to dilute your brand in the sense of, you know, that people say, okay, this is this doesn't fit for, for the real world and has a negative impact then on, on the real world. Yeah. So you have to find that good cross of utility and fitting in with the vision, the whole vision of the business. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Can you, <laughs> maybe without giving too much free advertising, give some good examples of businesses leveraging Web3 to what you believe is the fullest potential? You can advertise if you want. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so Web, I mean, there's also Web3 and Metaverse, right? I mean, mm -hmm. is part of the Metaverse. I always say yeah. there's only one Metaverse, by the way, and, you know, it's one universe, one internet, right? And we are part of the Metaverse. Anyways. Okay, <laughs> no, wait, we're going to stick on that for a second. We can come back to the other thing. Talk about that. No, it's it's uh, the Metaverse, and we also strictly believe in the open Metaverse, right? We want to mm -hmm. collaborate with the other parts of the metaverse and it's not always easy people always have the buzzword interoperability right and mm -hmm. but man, it's not really working right when you when you let's say when you're um, give you one example because i know him quite well sebastian from 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 sandbox right mm -hmm. so when you when we now would you know when we would now collaborate their visuals are look completely different than ours yeah so so first of all when you want to let's say hey you have a certain character in 
his game. And now you want to bring it to Upland. He would like to bring it in Upland. Not saying we're doing it. I'm just saying theory. Yeah. But uh, he would do that. And, you know, it has to be somehow be translated into our visual representation. That's one thing. The other thing is maybe his characters have a special, you know, feature. Like maybe there's a sword, right, which is super strong, right? Will it have the same, you know, capabilities in Upland? So that, that you know, that's the, all the detailed questions. It's you know, interoperability sounds great, but when I mean, you look into uh, you know the details, it's 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 tricky. You know, mm-hmm. um, and then to your question is Web three and metaverse and and so on. I think uh, it's still very much everywhere in the experimentation phase. I tend to say there's none where I say, hey, this is you know. A killer, right? Right now, everyone extending his or her brand into the metaverse in a certain sense, right? Of course, the the, the crypto native brands they're they're super successful. And think about CryptoPunks and so on, right? But this is a very unique collector's items to my mind, right? I don't think we're there yet where we say, hey, this is really you know an old you know let's say traditional brand who is mm-hmm. super successful. I mean, maybe there's something out there which I'm not aware of, but where the traditional brand would say, you know what, we're going to focus, let's say, 80% of our resources now on all that because, you know, our old world doesn't work anymore. I, I, I'm I not aware of an example, to be honest. I think we'll hear of those examples probably next two to three years. And mm-hmm. some brands will maybe shift a little bit also the way they do things. But uh, that's just too early at the moment. Okay. Okay. Then... What are maybe some tactics you would tell businesses to avoid when getting into the space? So, um, I mean, you say businesses, you mean basically brands, right? To come in. Brands, a, mostly, yeah. 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 So, brands. So, what I would like, you know, the, uh, you know, the, the advice I always give is, you know, first of all, you know, don't try to copy your competition, right? Because you have to be, you know, you have to be aware that. They also try out things, you know, they also don't know if the things are working or not. So that's, I mean, internally you should never copy your competition, right? That's anyways, <laughs> <laughs> but that's something. Huh? And <clears throat> you should try out things. That's, that's of course the biggest advice, right? So to, uh, you know, maybe in certain areas of the metaverse or a certain, you know, maybe, you know, see how things work. And I've speaking, uh, spoken, speaking, spoken to many, to many, um, brands now right and some say ah, oh, we had a successful drop but then we did another thing just yesterday i talked to a very big car brand right i said the other one was not working at all right so even though they have a very strong brand asset right but mm-hmm. it's just still did not work right and you have to be aware of that also when your brand and let's say when you are you know you know when you're running marketing somewhere and you see old projects oh, we have to do something in the metaverse and then do just something arbitrary right and then you say hey i did this right then you know it doesn't serve the purpose really right so i think you what is very important is look at the native brands the web3 native brands which are there um, you know i mentioned crypto punks and you have a couple of others right what how are they doing it since all um when you think about it, it's all about the community and that's something where brands have to start thinking differently because you know where in the in today or traditional brands were always very protective of uh you know how people can use their brands right but i think you have to start thinking more openly um how you can involve your community right 
to use parts of your brand because they are going to be your biggest and largest advertisers. Um, so maybe you have a design contest where you allow to use your logo in a certain way, right? Maybe, you, but things like that, right? So, uh, which uh, then because you do, it's just, this is what the, you know, Web3 and Metaverse is about. It's all about creativity to tapping into the, you know, it's not like like in the old days where you broadcasted your marketing messages out or on social media where you somehow engaged a little bit. Right now, it's now it's the true interaction and that's you have to embrace as a, as a brand in order to to succeed and try out lots of things with smaller, smaller groups and so on. Yeah, definitely. Okay, very interesting. Um, what... I guess would be your your advice on kind of building that community then. So obviously, once you have the community, you want to kind of utilize them for that marketing, as you were saying. But um, yeah, how do you how do you get there? I guess. Yeah. So first of all, don't do the same mistake like in the social media days where I said, "Oh, if we have an intern, let him do the Twitter <laughs> stuff or so." Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> You have to embrace it. I think it has to be, you know, uh, you know, on the agenda of the head of marketing or even the CEO to understand that, right? Because this is at the future customers, and and so for instance at Upland, right? I mean, I think our first hire, you know, after we had, you know, the core, you know, five developers and and the founders was actually a community manager, right? So you know, it was mm-hmm. super important for us. We say, okay, we really want to do that. And that's what you have to embrace. And and it's a certain skill. It's not that easy. And so that's that's the first thing. Then um, second thing is also the kind of people you're going to hire. They might not be have the typical CV, straight CV coming out of a business school and so on. These are people who are super creative, who are immersed always in communities, playing games and so on. So, you know, so maybe be open to higher different types of skill sets and, and experiences. Yeah. Um, then the third is um, that you maybe you have to do some research. Maybe you already have somewhere a community, right? Maybe there's a small Facebook group. Maybe you can try to move them to maybe Discord. I, I, I don't know. So that, that's what we have to look into and, and see, okay, is there a nucleus where you can, where you can get started? If you don't have that... Um, and try to build a community. What I just mentioned, maybe do small competition. Yeah, mm-hmm. you do a small competition where you know people can win some prizes and so on. But you, you're engaging with your users much more, right? And then and you're trying to create some hype, but don't do everything top down, right? Say, hey, we want to listen to you. What are your ideas, right? And get them really involved. Okay, awesome. What do you feel is the biggest hurdle for brands? to get into web three at this point so first of all because they don't know why lots of, okay, most of the time right so that, yeah. that's that's a thing right and uh it's so new mm-hmm. so that's where there's no you know there's no way of measuring success really at this point right when you think about traditional marketing you know tv you know you had the ratings and all that stuff right where you could could get that and and in, in social media, you had ROAS, right? You would spend money and then you know how much you're returning. As a ROAS stands for return on ad spend, right? Mm-hmm. But now you're on, on, uh, so, uh, on, on, on the metaverse or Web3. So how do you measure it? What are the standards? Right? How do you compare it, right? So that, that's, that's, of course, uh, that's the first thing. So you need to be ready just to invest and maybe lose the money. You have to get some, uh, some kind of a startup thinking into it right you start something and you know embrace failure and then move on to the next one if something something hasn't worked so and that's 
probably not in the DNA. Back to your question, right? In mm -hmm. lots of companies, when you're a large corporation, you're not in the, you're not really, you know, in the, you know, in the mindset of saying, oh, we, you know, it was a failure. Let's move on to the next thing, right? Because the person who was responsible for the failure might, you know, risk his career, right? And that's, yeah. and but that's the only way how you can embrace it. And so, so the leadership has to say. Look, you know, we're starting with that. I'm dedicating whatever budget to it. If we lose the money, okay, that's tough. I mean, that doesn't give you, you know, carte blanche to do anything you want, of course, <laughs> right? But, um, but you know, you, you know, we know it's we're experimenting here, and uh, let's see, maybe we we un but we need to uh, learn and understand, you know, how things are working. Mm -hmm. Would you say then that maybe newer, smaller? traditional style businesses are more uniquely positioned to get into web three than bigger corporations and well-known brands. I think it depends on the leadership a little bit uh, because, uh, you know, also small, a small corporation can be quite rigid and not really move fast and then change things. Right. So uh, it, I think um, the ones who's going to be successful is really who embracing first, you know, they understand their brand and how can they extend their brand to other things and uh and uh, who are willing to experiment right so i think that that is the, that's going to be a very important leadership skill in the future which uh you normally find with startup founders right and people who are you know but but i think big companies also have to start thinking much more. They started doing this anyways, because we had this wave of startup thinking the last 10 years, but now it's getting even more because now we have also some new media type, right? Where, which supports that, that thinking as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you give me a few examples maybe of some kind of business related capabilities of web three that you can see, but you don't think have been really explored yet? Um, okay, that's a tough question. So, um, yeah, I think what is not really explored is the whole idea about, I call that as a buzzword, a little bit digital. Yeah. Okay. okay. So when you're a traditional brand, a retailer or something, right? So maybe you want to mix the real world with the virtual world. So digital stands for physical and digital. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's not really explored, but I think this is this is a huge, huge, huge potential going forward, right? Where people do stuff maybe in the real world. Yeah, they purchase maybe a digital good because they purchase it. They there's I'm just run you through one case here. Then they have maybe a QR code on it, right? So people mm -hmm. are scanning that in because now they scanned it in. Now they get a special NFT in a metaverse, all right? And now they can you know use that NFT to a complete the mission because they completed a mission they can go back to the store or to another store or something and now they get a new product right because or a, or a product they can only get and that's important because web3 is always all about scarcity you have to really play that uh, very carefully right but they can only get it because they completed that mission right so and that that's that is of course you know let's say when you know where um you know where web3 really shines a lot because people are taking over ownership in the metaverse of of something and then they can use that ownership right to 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 get something else okay it's interesting i don't know why but when you said that i was picturing just gamification mixed with grocery shopping <laughs> and so you buy uh, the peanut butter you get it and then you get to go back and get your jelly i don't know <laughs> No, exactly. But uh, honestly, that's how I expect it's, uh, it's going to happen. So first of mm -hmm. all, uh, once we have the technology, especially augmented reality glasses, right? So mm -hmm. um, 
you know, like like we're telling our kids right now sometimes, hey, put down your phone, don't don't look at it, don't don't do that all the time. I think uh, they will tell their kids, you know, put down your your glasses, right? Don't don't look through your glasses all the time, <laughs> because the world's going to be enhanced by augmented reality, and the shopping experience is going to be completely different. I saw actually a video, <clears throat> you know, actually a few years back already was actually quite a visionary uh, video creator who did that. So. <clears throat> So you go into a store, right? You have your, your shopping cart at your physical <clears throat> physical score store. You go in there and then you put some stuff into it, right? You see actually you see the package, you know, and then you see, okay, there's a special discount or something. And maybe mm-hmm. because you, you have a small mission, right? You know, and then to complete whatever you have in your in your cart, right? To give you extra points somewhere else, right? I mean there was no game behind it, but he visualized it and I really liked that approach. Right. And I think that's exactly when you think about the younger generation, they're always, you know, they are growing up with games now. And yes. um, actually, they're going to expect things like that in the future. Yeah. So and that, that's uh, that's going to be very exciting to see. Very interesting. Okay. Can you walk me through some of the specific benefits and drawbacks that you can see for those old school fiat businesses to add in? a blockchain web3 component um well it's always friction right as long as especially when you when you're fiat business and you're introducing now you know you're introducing now uh, uh blockchain based payments right it's not that you know we have, a, we have a clear standard actually i saw yesterday by chance a uh, uh you know i saw that on, on television you know in in um, el salvador they introduced bitcoin as a as a as a currency right as a as a mm-hmm. legal tender right and <laughs> the reporters went through the streets and said hey do you take bitcoin bitcoin right i think they actually asked 20 vendors and no one was actually taking it it's maybe too early but actually the 21st or whatever he then said yeah i take it right that was really funny right and he was paying his his, his food with with bitcoin there right i mean it was a still a kind of a cumbersome because you know they did you know they had some some app on the phones and then but it took 20 minutes or so to confirm so he had to wait for his food just to <laughs> confirm the payment for 20 minutes but once this is those hurdles are overcome right and everything is smooth um, I think it's. I clearly see that's going to replace credit card payments and so on. Uh, you know, in the future, because one big, big advantage you have with, uh, when, you know, when when it goes to to that is, credit card payments. They always, you know, always, there's always fraud involved, unfortunately, right? And but with blockchain based payment, you don't have that. Either you have it in your wallet and you give it to someone, or you don't, right? And um, so it's actually much more superior when you think about payments, right? Um, you know, it's not user-friendly at the moment but when when this is going to happen we're going to see a you know a huge amount of payments coming in will the governments do something about it because there might be some scams and so let's see right so that's that's another question Mm -hmm. we've talked a little bit about some of the the visions for the space um obviously some of them might be a little bit further out than others where do you see the space in five years time what aspects do you think have survived and thrived and what aspects do you think have kind of been forgotten so like all technology it's going to be become our everyday's 
part of our life, right? I mean, you know, when the internet came around, it was exactly the same thing. <clears throat> so I saw that at that time, you know, people were talking more about the technology and so on. But then we got an everyday, you know, now everyone's using it. The same thing is going to happen with Web3 technologies, right? It's just going to be a part of our everyday life with new use cases, with new benefits and so on. And when it comes to, to the metaverse, you know, we say, you know, it's it's going to be like, like people say, where do I see Apple? And I always say, it's going to be your daily companion right you so you do something you don't really feel it. it's just an extension of of your everyday's life you go there you know to entertain get entertainment you know to play some stuff you go there to earn money right so uh you know because already today we have the first people in upland you know one guy says he's going to quit his daytime job just to make money in upland it's interesting one other one just posted that he was able to pay the down payment of his real world house right because of upland so so people are going to earn some people are earn some of their money and because as we all know we're not going to have one job in the future we're all going to have five or ten jobs maybe right so and we do stuff on the side in order and uh so that's the earn component and then you know i mean i always say People are going to connect. They're going to, you know, today, you know, the way I, I think social media is probably going to change also, whether they're going to be here or around. I don't know. It's not, not going to go away completely, to be honest, because you see that still today, you still have TV or radio and never got, you know, completely you know, wiped out by, by, by the internet. And it's going to be the same for social media, but I think there will be new ways of how people socialize and communicate, right? So for instance, in Upland, we're going to have, it's not introduced yet, but we have that clearly on the roadmap, like virtual coffee shops, right? Where people mm -hmm. go and meet with like-minded people, chat and, and so on. And hopefully, uh, I mean, that's a big vision, you know, you know, with less hate and, you know, really good, uh, productive, positive uh, communication. Awesome. So what advice would you give to a young, young person, 17-year-old person who has dreams of becoming a successful entrepreneur in this space? I think just get started, right? Do something small, right? Learn, like I said before, learn and, you know, and it doesn't work. You know, don't, don't stick always to it. Maybe move on, right? Build your own, only my, micro community around your product. So it depends, you know, when you're an artist, you know, these are also entrepreneurs, you know, share your art, right? If you're a developer, maybe you want to develop on top of an existing platform and want to build an app like, like, you know, the old days, people were building apps on, on Apple, right? On iOS now in the future you're going to build an app on top of a metaverse right so um you know try try out things and because especially the young people when you're 17 you know you're growing up with with uh you know devices are have been always around with you right it's also called generation glass one day because i always look at the glass right yeah but embrace it and uh and because you have one clear advantage you've been you know playing games Understanding, you know, how to interact socially, right, gives you an advantage over, you know, the older generation who doesn't do that. But you can come up with a lot of innovative uh, products here. So I see a really, you know, really lots of opportunity uh, for for everyone who, you know, who is willing, you know, to put some really good good thoughts into it. Great, great. Um, that about wraps us up. Is there anything else that you want to say on the matter? 
Um, no, but uh, but uh, I think let's let's embrace it positive, right? In a, in a way, right? It's it's we always say at Uplands, it's a new land of opportunity, creativity, and and diversity, right? This is uh, very important, right? So it's it's in, in that when we mean you say that, right? People in Africa will be able to you know earn money now in the metaverse, which was not possible before, right? And we shouldn't not care about you know who you are, where you're from. Just you know we care about what the things you do. Right, and that—that that is, I think, what makes us makes me so optimistic about the future. Oh, that's great! Yeah, very ideal. Good. Then, very last question: Who would you recommend to have on the Venley Expert Talks next? Oh, that's a good good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let me let me think about it. Uh, so, I think you probably should have some brands right who are starting to do something there right so maybe uh you know someone from the nflpa or someone from from a, from a big car brand maybe that that's something you know to get also different perspective mm -hmm. okay that's a really good idea great well thank you so much for taking your time today i know it's early for you <laughs> and uh yeah thanks so much thank you for having me